0: This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast. The official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here, and I'm your host for today's Clemson Football versus Virginia preview. That's right, baby. Clemson Football is back again. And look who else is back. I'm excited to welcome my co-host Carter back to the pod after a bye week. Actually, yeah, before you say anything, I need to let our listeners know that I immediately regret saying that I'm excited, <laughs> considering, I don't know if you remember this, Carter. It was a long time ago. Yes, but the last time you were here, you ended up just watching highlights <laughs> during our show, mind you, of the 2016 Clemson versus Pitt game, which of course, uh, well, why don't you tell our listeners what happened? Oh, uh, well, I think that was the f- everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Uh, we'll have to, just have to leave that up to our listeners, but again, that's where Clemson lost. Perfect. What do you want to say? <laughs> I can find another game that they lost. You've done it us. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my question. Do you have another classic terrible game for us to watch? Uh, well, it's Thursday Night Football tonight. We've got Broncos <laughs> and Jets. Watch out. <laughs> it's the tanking for Trevor Bowl. That, that's right. Yeah. Ah, that's football purgatory. That's <laughs> such a terrible game. Well, uh, as we said at the top, we're here to talk about Clemson versus Virginia, which is happening this Saturday in the first night game in Death Valley this season. Look at that. Uh, sure, it's not going to be quite the same, but it's still going to be exciting, right? It's still a night game in Death Valley. And in case you had forgotten, because I had to tell you the truth, that uh, this is a rematch of last season's ACC championship game. <laughs> Virginia was in the ACC championship, huh? I completely <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> uh we probably would have remembered it if it were not for the uh score of that game, which happened to be 62 to 17 uh in favor of Clemson, wow. of course. I don't remember I don't recall that game at all actually. <laughs> no, because the game was it was 62 to 17, no one cared. <laughs> Which I don't know. We'll talk about this game. Maybe it'll be a little closer. But anyways, you can watch this game on the uh, ever wonderful and improving ACC network at 8 p.m. on Saturday. Better be improving. I hope so. We'll see. I hate to always dump on this on the network, but I've they suck. (laughs) I've watched one episode or I turned it on randomly and I totally forget what it was, but it was terrible. So, great analysis by me. I can't remember the name. <laughs> so. Uh, so, it starts at 8, but you might want to tune in a little early to see Dabo Sweeney run down the field. Now, why, you might ask. Because that, you know, outside the fact that Dabo is just an entertaining person, period. But uh, he might do something funny. Typically, as you know, Dabo charges down the hill and heads to the 50-yard line to give his players high fives. Is as, charging down the hill the right adjective I don't to know, describe? Bounding down the hill? Skipping? Rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. He's yeah. not, he's not I, I'm sorry that I didn't. <laughs> that wasn't my first thought. So anyways, he gets down there. He turns around, gives his players a high five. You know, great times. <laughs> Except this time. And they didn't show this on TV. I only learned about this because I listened to an interview. Um, so here's what I want you, want, want you to imagine. Um, is he comes down the hill. He does his typical thing where he goes to the 50 yard line and he turns around and guess where all his players are they're not right behind them behind him they're on the sideline because <laughs> they went just straight to the sideline instead of following wait that was last line. game they did that yeah, yeah that no. was against the citadel <laughs> so and, and so it wasn't on tv so i didn't see it so i've had to imagine it in my brain and this is how i've imagined it you tell me if this makes sense to you uh you know that gif gif of uh there's several of them several of them of tom brady walking around on the sideline with his arms like up looking for high fives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's how i'm imagining Dabo right now. so he's like <laughs> high-fiving himself in the middle of the field <laughs> that's right yeah he just he walks out there with a big grin he's running down there he turns around he's got his hands in the air and he turns around and ain't nobody there <laughs> How do how do you recover from that? Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, walk over to the sidelines and they're like, "Coach, what are you doing?" Like, he just... Oh, I, I don't know. I was just at the fifty-yard line. Yeah, he's got to put his hands in his pocket and pull the Charlie Brown move. You know, head down. Anyways, it was funny. So maybe they'll show it this week. Might be funny. So tune in early for that. Of course, that was just priceless. And uh, actually, speaking of priceless, I've got a fun new segment to show off to everybody. Our producer Trevor. He's such a great guy that he sits around and he watches all the players and coaches interviews from the week to find really compelling clips and sound for us to listen to. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you so much. Our man. I don't have to do that because you do it. But I tell you what, I feel so bad for him because if you didn't know this, you should know this. About 95 to 99% of what he hears from coaches and players is coach speak or what I would call coach sludge it's just crap <laughs> same old answers doesn't matter what the question is that's right they're, they're pretty good politicians actually they say they're talking but they're not saying anything yeah what are some examples of this Uh, coach uh how was the game uh well it was it was good we uh we played defense <laughs> we scored more points than the other than our <laughs> opponent yeah, we're going to head back to the coach. We're going to head back to the practice field. We're going to get better this week. We're going to take it one day at a time, one opponent at a time, one week at a time. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those sort of answers. <laughs> yeah, those. <laughs> that was like weird. I don't know what that was. That's was pretty good. <clears throat> Thank you. So anyways, we don't tend to focus on those answers because like I said, they suck. <laughs> we tend to focus on the, on the uh, interesting sound bites. So I thought it was time that we give just the worthless sound it's day in glory. And so I asked Trevor to go through all the interviews and this time Mark like the worst answers and just the most cliche football quotes that he could find. So we found them. Trevor's going to play it right now. Go ahead and hit it. We say good bamboo. We have a plan to run the ball, plan to throw the ball. Really runs behind his pads well. Um, you can get beat on any weekend. Probably anybody can beat you. it would be good to have a Another, you know, big long body uh, outside. Not going to answer that right now. You know, we try to play Clemson every week, regardless who who it is we're playing against. You can water it for a year. We don't have any uh, south balls. You water it two years. Love night games. A little bit past my bedtime. Water it three years. Like it's a different, it's a different ball game when you step on that field. You water it four years. Don't expose yourself. Plan to win is we always want to be more explosive uh, than our opponent. You know, the water shoulda. The game's not one on paper. You have to go out there and play. A bunch of babies out there running around, uh, just now for the first time getting their ears wet. Oh my goodness! What a piece of art! <laughs> that was <laughs> glorious and terrible all at the same time. It is kind of funny. Have you ever thought about this? That well, you and I don't really get paid to do this, but uh, reporters get paid to sit around to listen <laughs> to most of this all the time. And they're just trying to pick up on that, you know, that 1% of actual interesting sound. It's kind of a funny job, don't you think? It's a stupid job. (laughs) Yeah, I want to go in the locker room with a whole bunch of sweaty dudes after a football game and interview. That's the NFL. Close enough, but like, you get my point. (laughs) Okay, let's just move on here. Let's just say a quick thank you to Trevor. Trevor. Uh, I feel really bad for now making you. know do why this. Trevor's in charge of this yes. and not me. <laughs> That's right. I <laughs> wish I could just have Trevor be the co host, but he just never comes to the mic. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, Trevor, thank you for doing this. I do feel bad for him. I want to reiterate this because it was funny. Trevor's a nice guy, he's easy to talk to. But this week, as I was talking to him and he was listening through all this sound and really focusing on the, on the lousy parts, something happened to him. And it was weird. He started sounding exactly like the players and coaches. And I was like, man, this is really getting in his head. And ironically, he sounds the most like uh, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. So so um, weird. Hopefully he's okay. He's giving us the thumbs up. Good for him. All right. So here's what everybody came here for. You want to hear the keys of the game against Virginia. Clemson versus Virginia this Saturday. We're looking forward to it. So I have three... Specific things that I'm going to keep an eye on. All right. So the first key in my mind to this game is how does the Clemson secondary handle Virginia's super duper duper tall receivers and tight ends? I mean, they're like basketball players. It's crazy. And if you've been listening at all to our daily updates, which I hope you have been, then you would know that one of our main concerns uh, has been the secondary in general. And for multiple reasons, obviously, they haven't been tested at all but two of Clemson's top defensive backs have been out for the first two weeks. Excuse me. Darion Kendrick has played a little bit, but uh, he hasn't been back to full speed yet. He, he and Mario Goodrich have both kind of been uh, just gone. and haven't been a huge part of the defensive scheme. So this is really the perfect week to get the top two cornerbacks back because uh, it's, it's going to be a real test, I think. So this is what Dabo had to say about Brandon Armstrong, the quarterback at Virginia. He's a really good player. Uh looks like a, You know, uh, young Steve Young running around out there, lefty, crafty, creative, extends plays, tough runner, uh, really good size, uh, accurate thrower, uh, really has no fear, puts the ball up. Listen, this kid isn't Steve Young, like Dabo just said, but he's not terrible either. So check this out. The Tigers need to be prepared for Lavelle Davis. And this is the guy I was talking about. He's six foot seven. He's six foot seven. It's crazy. Davis had four catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns against Duke. So, one of those highlights, he just picked the ball right out of the sky over one of the defensive backs. It was pretty crazy. Uh, This kid is tall and he's athletic, uh, but the Giants don't stop there either because Virginia also has a six foot seven tight end who can make some plays. Uh, Tony Poljan, I believe, is how you pronounce it. He had a few catches last game. What are you laughing at? I don't know why that's funny. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, He had four catches for 44 yards against Duke. So these are guys that could take take Clemson vertical. Um, They've got the size. And the only thing that I'm concerned about, well, not the only thing, but I'm concerned that the secondary hasn't been tested yet, as we've mentioned. But if you look at the size of our cornerbacks, Clemson's tallest corner is six foot. And then the tallest safety is six foot one. So there's going to be a height, you know, a real height difference there. Um, They're giving up several inches, so they're really going to need to lock down on these receivers, maybe double cover, make sure that they have room over the top, uh, just in help like that. So um, you see that as a concern at all? You're making a face like you don't. I don't know. I just see interesting facts here (laughs) that. This uh Lavelle Davis guy, 6'7. He's like one of their lightest weight receivers, though. And all the guys that are like 6'3 on the roster weigh more than him. Yeah, he's like 205 pounds, right? Yeah. And other guys are like 220. <laughs> he's pretty skinny. <laughs> so I don't he's know. He's a freshman, so he'll be he'll, physical with him. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's obviously got the skill and talent and um to be at Virginia. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> he was actually he's actually a South Carolina kid. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Wait to Clemson miss? Oh no! No, we'll find out. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, come back Saturday. <laughs> As we come back Saturday, he has 200 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> we just jinxed them. Oh no! <laughs> okay, so that's the first concern: is these tall receivers against the untested Clemson secondary. Key number two is, and I'm going to ask you a question here. But Clemson needs to get Travis Etienne going. They need to get him on track. Oh, real quick, let's play something. mean We haven't been able to use that clip much because. Travis Etienne's name has not been called much this season. It's kind of crazy. He's like the quietest superstar in college football at this point. Uh, I mean, when was the last... Do you re, do you have any memory of a Travis Etienne play so far this year? No, because Trav, uh, Trevor Lawrence t- steals all his touchdowns. That's so. true. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. It's true. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Whenever they get inside the five-yard line, Trevor Lawrence keeps stealing Etienne's touchdowns. By the way, that last clip was Jimbo Fisher. I don't think I explained that. Right before they LA, played from last Clunson. season. Yeah. Last season he didn't know how to pronounce his name. And they got crushed. So yeah. I mean, we we keep hearing a lot more about Trevor Lawrence, the, you know, the defensive linemen, the freshmen who are coming out uh strong. And even the wide receivers, Joe gada Frank Latson. There's been a lot more written on those players. And maybe it's sort of um, you know, everyone trusts ETN that he's just gonna be the solid rock on this roster, but He's only got 170. Only he's got 170 yards so far this season in two games. Not bad. Only one touchdown though. Yeah, but his playing time is probably equal up to one game. It's true. He didn't, they didn't play the second half of both games. It's true, but I mean, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, who's played the same amount as well. He has the ball in his hands every play. Yeah. But, so I guess what I'm saying is there were two Heisman candidates coming into the season: Trevor Lawrence um, and ETN. And so far, you've really only heard about. Trevor so I think it's really important for Clemson to get Travis going at this point because I mean they need that they need the balance in this offense I think Trevor is really on track to have an amazing season I think uh, the offense the passing game really seems to be in sync right now but you know besides LSU last year who just threw the ball over everybody you really need a balanced offense and you need that second dimension from ETN to take this team to the next level Yeah, I mean, that's why by establishing the run game like they have, like the run game hasn't been terrible so far. But by establishing the run game now, then obviously that's going to open it up even more for Trevor to throw it. And I mean, that's why he's looked so impressive already. He's just making better decisions because the run game has opened it up for them. So Yeah, exactly. He's taking what the defense gives him. And so I really, I, I mean, one of the aspects for me is that ETN came back this season. He didn't have to come back. I mean, he was going to be a pretty high draft pick to begin with. So, since he's here, let's use him. What do you say? Well, (laughs) and and even and this is something I've been thinking about. I mean, they just need to use him more out of the backfield. Give him some screens. You know, line him up out wide. Just get the ball in his hands. He's a playmaker. His longest play so far this year is only twenty nine yards, which not bad. But we've seen the explosion from him, and they really need that in their offense. And it'll be interesting this week because I. It's, it's tough to know what Virginia is really like at this point. They've only played one game. There's not a whole lot of film on them, but, and they were playing Duke last week, so that makes it even more tough, more difficult to evaluate. <laughs> but they only gave up 56 rushing yards to Duke last week. So maybe their defense is really stout against the run. And this, th- let's just say this is going to be the best test. Um, for the offensive line to see if they can open up holes for ET. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, Virginia was in the ACC championship. I mean, take that for what it's worth, actually. You can tell me. Wait, were they? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. We, oh, we already talked about that. So, I, it'll be interesting to see how much that actually affects them, too. If I honestly don't even know how many players are returning for, for Virginia from last year. So, they might have a little chip on their shoulders to get some revenge. So... Yeah, watch out! actually there's a lot of players back. They're actually like in the top 15 teams in the country as far as returning production. This game right here obviously could be the first trap game for Clemson of the season where if they don't come out prepared, Virginia obviously wants some revenge and they're coming for them. I mean, they just need to be prepared. Yeah. Speaking of trap games, keep sticking around because I I don't think I even told them at the beginning of this episode. Of course, we're going to play Clemson and Clemson out, and we got a question about that coming up here, so stick with us. All right, so we want to see the run game improve. And then finally, another key is, and we've been talking about this a lot, everyone's been talking about this a lot, the Tigers' defensive line needs to continue to dominate like they have so far this season. David Pollock, ESPN guy, uh, he named Brian Breezy and Miles Murphy, the two freshmen up front, as uh, freaks of the week. (laughs) He. Uh, praise on the freshman duo, which is great. I mean they've been they've started off really great this this season. Uh, you know, these cats have been real revelations on the defensive line. Uh, as a Clemson fan, it's sort of like a comfort factor to have this dominating defensive line because we had that for so many years and they were such an important and integral uh, cog inside of those championship teams. And uh, so, I mean, this is just really impressive to see to see so far. And uh, to bring up our news updates again, yesterday we talked about how impressed Davo is and how proud he is of not just the freshmen, but really the uh, upperclassmen on this unit and the guys who have been multi-year players. He, he talked about uh, what would he say? Oh, it was watering the bamboo. Water the bamboo. <laughs> one day. One week. One year. Two year. No, no, no. Just go back and listen to it. It's funny. Um, but that's what he means. The guys like Reagan Opshawn, Justin Foster, guys who have been in the program and who have waited their turn, they're really shining right now. And so I think it's important. Obviously it's, you know, owning the line of scrimmage is, is easily probably in almost every football game, the most important aspect of the game. But I want to continue to see the development of these players throughout the season. And this is really their first big test with all respect to Wake Forest and the Citadel, they're Which not... Which isn't much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Virginia is going to be ranked inside the top 10 at the end of the season, but they're a quality ACC opponent for sure. And they do actually have, and the coaches have talked about this, they have a beefy offensive line uh, who only gave up one sack against Duke. And they had a very good rushing uh, average as well against Duke. And by the way, their quarterback, Armstrong, is mobile enough to avoid pressure as well. So there's there's some of those elements that you really need to see the defensive line step up. And uh, really, all that that you just mentioned right there is exactly why this game is a trap game. Like Virginia has talent. Like we make fun of them, obviously. But like they have talent to win this game. Clemson just needs to shut it down from the start. And that's right. We'll see if they do it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Do you have a uh, prediction on the game? Tell you what, let's save that for the end all right good all right uh so that's that's kind of our overview of the game and the keys that we think that clemson needs those are the areas they need to dominate to have a good saturday against the who's go ahead and look up why they're called the who's it's kind of weird all right let's head into our most favoritest game of all time (laughs) clemson or Clemson out and we've already talked to trevor today so now we're going to talk to becky our other producer Time for Briley and Carter to answer the important questions surrounding the Clemson Tigers in a little game we like to call Clems in or Clems out. In or out? Will Clemson be peeking ahead to next week's top 10 matchup with Miami? Oh man, Becky, excellent question. Okay, so it feels like it's been a very long time since Clemson has had on the horizon in the regular season, a top 10 matchup. Uh, They had Texas A&M last season, but I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same. This is an ACC opponent. Miami is looks really good right now, ranked inside the top 10. Um, My only issue is I just don't trust Miami. I just feel like they're gonna screw this up for everyone between now and then it's pretty bad that we have to feel that way about miami like we're just waiting for them to screw it up it's true especially considering they're not playing anybody this week they have a bye week <laughs> <laughs> i still somehow expect them to lose uh but no i think i'm gonna be well i don't know if it matters to tell you the truth even if i'm clumps in on this i still think they're gonna crush virginia but i'm gonna be clumps out. This goes back to uh, all the coach speak. They're going to focus on this week, this week. They're not going to be looking ahead. They're going to be focused on Virginia, and that's going to play well for them. Clemson out. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, Clem out. Mostly from the perspective of I don't think players are really looking forward to weeks farther in advance other than this upcoming week that they're playing, unlike all the other years in past, just because there's been so many games that have been canceled due to COVID and all of that. So they're really just looking forward to being able to play this week. So I don't see them looking past Virginia. They're just gonna you know, hopefully steamroll them and then we'll take on Miami next week. That's right, hopefully an undefeated Miami. And you just made a great point there, by the way. Um, Games, I don't feel like they're still a big deal, but you don't have like the crowds and the real pageantry around those games. So that'll be interesting to see the energy behind the game when they play Miami. All right, Becky, what's next? Next question. In or out, Trevor Lawrence throws his first pick this week. Well, Becky, that is a very good question. And we'll continue to ask this question until Trevor Lawrence has to throw the ball over (laughs) to get over 300 times in a row. Wait, are we still gonna ask it after if he gets past 300? We'll just bump it up to 350. I mean, we'll just keep going. (laughs) Let's see how far he goes. So right now, Trevor Lawrence is at 276 consecutive passes without a pick, which is the third longest in ACC history. Um, I'm gonna say once again, from what I said a few weeks ago, that I don't think he's gonna pass over 300. I don't. I don't think he's gonna pass the ball 24 times this week. This game, yeah. that's not the but question, I, though. He could throw it once and throw an interception. I, I so. can, yes, you got me there. I still don't think he's going to throw an interception. No. I, he's looked very accurate, very calm, and collected in the pocket, making great decisions. Um, he hasn't been forcing things, and that's that's all we need from him. And so I think that's going to continue here against Virginia. So I'm going yeah. out, Clems Yeah, Clems out. Yeah, Clems out. I like how you've uh, flip-flopped on this. Remember last time we had this question, you uh, said that the record doesn't stand because... Some of those, most of those passes were from last season. Okay. I, I see you've changed your tune. On, tune well, if we keep asking sticks. the question, then I just gotta hop on the bandwagon, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Answer all the right, question. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna be glimpse in that he is gonna throw an interception. I'm trying to be week. so excited about that. I know, he's due. I, he's been playing really well, but I just feel like he's due for something you know why does that sound like a Miami thing here like there's a dude to lose (laughs) like Trevor Lawrence is due to throw an interception okay well we can't agree on all these questions so I just gotta say Clemson I think he will throw an interception this game and he's not going to become only the third player in conference history to reach that 300 mark we'll see all right Becky what's next next question in or out You cool with the college football playoff selection committee, moving their first ranking back a week to accommodate the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Man, oh man. I'm not a huge fan of the Big Ten or the Pac-12 right now. I don't know, doesn't it just bother you that, oh, we're going to show up late to this, and now we're going to push everything back because we're showing up late. If they had just followed the lead or done in concert with the rest of the the leagues, like the SEC and the ACC, we wouldn't have to push this stuff back another week. Um, I'm clumps out. I'm not cool with this. I I mean, I know it's not a big deal, but um, we're kind of kowtowing to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because they're playing late. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of the way that was handled. I don't think many people are. And uh, I hate to see the committee push stuff back because they're not, you know, they just want to see another week of these these conferences. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. I I think I'm also going to be clumped out on this because of basically for those reasons. Like, why do we have to accommodate to these conferences just because they didn't decide to start? Now, obviously, there's problems with the states that are involved there with California and Oregon that have more restrictions. So I know they're not totally in charge of that, but at the same time, I feel like... What's the point to have that? Like, it's just a, it's a weird season already. Like, why not just make it weirder and just not even have the Big Ten and Pac-12 this season? <laughs> well, it was almost our dream. They almost didn't make it, but this is kind of a petty question. I don't know why I'm so angry about it. No, I, we, bring us normal college football back. I'm ready for next season already, for the hype, fans, and just all of the college atmosphere to be back. It's definitely different this season, but I mean, we'll take what we get. All right, Becky. Thanks for those questions. Thanks for thinking those through and giving them to us. All right. To finish this episode, let's make a couple of predictions here. Prediction time. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've ever gotten one of these right. No, no one ever does. Let's be honest. We should have to do something if we actually get it right. That's just a stupid idea. Never mind. If we get it right, I'm okay with that. I'd prefer to. if we get something right, we have to do something as opposed to getting it wrong. Yeah. Well, it have to be the exact score. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll come up. Feel free to send in your thoughts to us on (laughs) social media or wherever you'd like. Okay. So I'll go first here. I'm going to predict that Clemson beats the Hoos 44 to 10. Oh my. They cover, uh, by the way, the spread on this is, uh, 28 points. So, uh, (laughs) Clemson is a four touchdown favorite. Uh, but I do think that they cover this game 44 to 10. 44 to, to 10. I'm not gonna go that far. I'm gonna say 34 17. Oh, wow, okay. Eugene Potter's gonna hit a couple field goals for us. There's a well, bold prediction. Now he's not, thanks a lot. You got it. See, I had him hitting a couple of field goals too, but I wasn't gonna say it, because, you know, the curse. Well, with 44 points, he's gonna have to hit quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a few touchdowns in there. All right, thanks for that. Okay, I hope this was a helpful preview and a fun preview. I think it was. We will look forward to seeing you for the recap episode on Monday. Until then, be good out there.